This episode is brought to you by ProMensal. Look, I just want everyone to know that happiness is not about our achievements. It's not about materialism, status and wealth and perfection. Happiness is all about staying true to who we are and leading by our values. Welcome to Thriving in Menopause, brought to you by Prevention Magazine. I'm Andrea Deval. Today, we're going to talk about happiness, or perhaps the happiness you may feel you're missing, because there's a body of research that shows that our 40s and early 50s is a peak time for feeling the lowest life satisfaction. But we're not here to dwell on the bad news, we're here to help you transform how you may be feeling. And to show us how is psychologist Dr. Emanuela Murray. Hi, Emanuela. It's really nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So, Emanuela, in your experience as a clinical psychologist, is this midlife feeling uncommon? No, not at all. In fact, you know, really we're talking about, you know, midlife crisis, aren't we? Yeah, and you think about it at this age, Andrea, you know, we're questioning our life because we're ageing. And as human beings, we're actually really good at looking forward and problem solving. So, I mean, as we age, we then start to think more about our mortality, don't we? It's interesting that there was research done in Melbourne probably Mm. about 15 years ago that Mm. found that a lot of women are so busy at this point that Mm. they're even missing the signs that they need to be stepping back Mm. and starting to think about what makes me happy, what do I need, and perhaps what I should be doing less of. So I thought we might talk a little bit about what the signs are that Mm. we should be reassessing our life. Look, Andrea, I think women tend to feel unhappy and dissatisfied in their life, and and when they do, they kind of straight away say, "What, what changes can I make? Yeah, And often they think that will make them feel better, but sometimes they'll make impulsive decisions and then they'll engage in behaviours that are, are quite damaging. And so that's why sometimes I hear people coming in and saying, oh, I'm going to ditch my job or I've had an affair. And, and shopping, shopping is really an addiction for some women. Really? I have some women, Andrea, coming in and saying that they're having things delivered daily. And again, it's because it's so accessible, but then they get to ignite this dopamine hit. Yeah, these little pops of happiness. That's right. And it's so easily accessible and and it gives them this instant reward. But then the downfall is, is that it's only temporary. And then they're kind of saying to themselves, oh my gosh, can I really afford this? And then they start feeling a lot of guilt and shame. And then I also find sometimes women might turn to, to drinking a little bit more to kind of dull out the day. And we know that doesn't make anyone feel better. And then, of course, we've got the perimenopause and the menopause signs. So we can't forget about the impact of hormones on our brain and body. And then women are feeling a bit out of control of their emotions. We know why the estrogen is the culprit there. Yeah. And then there's the, you know, the depression or the unexplained depression and the lethargy, and then they're having lack of sleep. So naturally, they're starting to feel, you know, dissatisfied with their life. So it's not only the stage, but it's also the perimenopause and menopause stages. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't forget about that. And, and again, I think, you know, we spoke about this once before that, of course, women are questioning their identity. They're suddenly wanting to have a child now that they're, you know, pending the loss of their fertility. And then we've got the empty nesters. We've got, you know, kids moving out of home and then they're going, okay, well, now what? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I don't know whether you agree, but I'm, I'm sure you will with this one, but I think society places a lot of expectations on women, particularly with appearance. And I'm finding a lot of women are wanting to actually meet someone and they're, they're starting to assess themselves poorly and say, well, oh gosh, I better do something about myself. And they're turning to procedures or fillers to make themselves feel better. And we know it's actually a lot harder for women to find someone than men. And that would be a whole new podcast. Yeah. So, and, and again, also what I'm finding is that, and I have to say this is with both sexes, but we're talking about women today, is that people tend to go and try and strive for these earth-shattering goals, like, I don't know, running a New York marathon or climbing Mount Everest, yeah? And often what I find about that is that it can be quite obsessive and, and also it can be quite addictive. And I say, don't worry, okay, go for it if that's what you want to do. Absolutely. I'm not saying people can't achieve things as long as you're not doing it to prove your worth. I think when you're feeling uh, overwhelmed mm. or lost or trapped, mm. what's the first step to making a change or a difference if it's not a quick fix, I'm going to run the marathon? Yeah, so th- that's the part. So if I can just explain that a bit more. You're right. I like the question, but... Again, with self-worth. So if we're measuring our self-worth against one criterion, like our fertility, our appearance, uh, our achievements, our status and wealth, right? What happens when we don't measure up? Our whole self-worth depletes and then self-worth and inadequacy surface very quickly. And that's why I think this is a time, in fact, any time is a good time to be looking at how do we reconnect with our values and what's really important in our lives. Which is a big thing Mm. to start asking yourself. It is. So maybe you can step us through some Mm. of the ways in which we can have that conversation with ourselves. Yes, I agree. And in fact, it's a really hard question. But the first question I like people to ask themselves is, am I actually happy with the person I am? Because how we see ourselves, you know, impacts how we respond to life circumstances, how we treat others, how we treat ourselves and how we interact with the world most of the time. So if you have a healthy self-worth, right, doesn't matter whether you achieve running the marathon or not, you know, you still feel good about the person you are. And so if you're not happy, then this is the time to try and reconnect with those values because self-worth is, in, is, is all about our humanness and living by our values and our values give us purpose and meaning in life. It's it's an interesting phrase, our <laughs> values, and I yeah. hear it so often these days. Yes. This doesn't align with my values. Mm. Mm. It's not something that when I was growing up anybody ever spoke about. So true. what on earth does it really mean? So a value as defined by the acceptance and commitment therapy model and also, actually, a lot of Russ Harris's work, who wrote a great book called The Happiness Trap, and he does a lot of writing in this area. So what they say is a value is how we want to behave as a human being, so how we treat ourselves, others and the world around us and what's so important to us in our hearts. So values are not about what we want to achieve. They're actually ongoing and they give us direction, whereas goals are what we want to achieve along the way. So you can set goals to move towards your values. So you can fail at a goal or achieve a goal and just set another one, right? But values are always there and they give us direction. So there are heaps of values out there. 
um, Andrea, you know, we could list them, compassion, honesty, connection. But what I like to do when I'm working with clients is to help them identify areas of their life that they value. So there's this questionnaire by a man called Kelly Wilson, and it's called the Value Living Questionnaire. And it grouped values into certain areas of life. And I quite like helping clients look at certain areas of their life that they value. And then there's values within that. So for example, um, relationships, people might value them. So they might value family, their partner or a friend. Yeah. So one of your values might be, okay, I value being a loving and supportive partner, right? So when you're being loving and supportive, then you are living that value. But once you stop being loving and supportive, you're not living that value. You can still set a goal though. You can set a goal to, okay, if it's your partner, it might be maybe we'll move in together or we'll get married. So you can achieve that goal. But once you stop living that value, then you are, you know, you're not being loving and supportive. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm, it really does. And maybe even career. I mean, that's something that a lot of people might relate to. Um, it might be that your value might be to put in effort and to, you know, educate or learn more. So one of your goals might be to do some extra study so you can achieve that, yeah? But you can always come back to your values. Like I said, you can fail at goals and you can just reset new ones as long as you're moving towards that value because it's ongoing and it's there. Another one might be, and the one that I like to push is physical health. So you might value how am I going to look after my mind and body, right? So you might then set a goal to do some exercise or you might do some yoga or you might, uh, you know, look at how you're eating and sleeping and make sure that you're, you're doing well in those areas because it's a really good foundation for mental health. That's really interesting because one of the things that when we start to come to the end of our reproductive life mm. and start to think about what mm. does the second half of my life look like and you start to appreciate mortality in a different way you do and so you start to think about things like on my well for me as a magazine editor yeah. I'm not going to say on my deathbed gee I wish I'd given another two pages to that particular feature that's one of my big regrets in life so thinking about getting to the end of life and going I did everything I could. That was feeling really happy. So what you're talking about is if you align to your values, mm -hmm. they're the things that are going to ricochet around in your heart Absolutely. for the coming decades. And you said something really nice because there's this great ACT exercise that I use a lot in therapy too that explores values, and it's called the 80th birthday exercise. So people reflect on their or imagine their birthday when they're 80 years and they can imagine people living or past and they reflect on what people might say about them or what they'd like to hear people say about them. And I think it's a really nice way of people then thinking about, hang on, am I really living these values? Yeah, and it can be a very powerful exercise. I also do a bit of a spin on it because it's not that relatable to everybody. So sometimes I get people to reflect on someone they might say fits the bill to be a mentor in their lives. And I've got a great mentor, so that's why I love this. And I get them to think about, okay, well, what is it that you admire about them? 
You know, is it that they are honest or creative? How do they treat you? Do they treat you with respect or do they guide you and support you? And what do they model? Do they model vulnerability? And I think it also helps you then to not only be grateful for those people in your life, but also to go, okay, hang on, what I love or value about them, is that how I'm living? We'll be right back after this. Perimenopause can actually start in your 40s. Declining estrogen production during perimenopause brings on changes to menstrual cycles and often the onset of hot flushes, night sweats, mood swings and sexual problems. Promensal Peri is specifically designed for perimenopausal women and can help relieve these common menopausal symptoms. Promensal Peri is available at leading pharmacies across Australia and offers a cost-effective treatment at under $1 a day. When things start to change, try Promensal Perry. Always read the label and follow the directions for use. Okay, we're back. So what are your top tips for carving out the next chapter? Great. Well, the first one, and I think it comes as no surprise to anyone, is to connect with your values. And I also want people to set realistic goals. So, you know, values give us purpose and meaning in life. So If we don't lead a life by our values, I think a lot of people, and I find this, they spiral into depression because they never feel good enough and they never think their life is enough because we're always wanting to strive for more and we think the more we do that, we'll feel better and it becomes quite addictive for some people and they just never feel satisfied because that, I guess, that question of meaning and purpose is lingering for them. Yeah, so if we can align with our values then, you know, again, I think we're going to have a lot of purpose and meaning in life. So I really think we need to leverage our main influences, Andrea, and that and that's our values. So that's one. Um, I also think that contributing to people's lives is a big one. We've got loads of research out there that supports it, boosts mood, and it can increase our self-worth. So, you know, just giving to a charity or supporting a friend or... Yeah, because it's interesting because it's even those little random acts of kindness, opening a door for someone, having them smile at you. Yes, absolutely. So anything that you can do to kind of contribute to someone's life, it could be helping a neighbour or, you know, it's just the giver and receiver feels so good. Yeah. Staying connected, I think that's another big one. So... The research suggests that the more we connect with others, the better we can feel about ourselves. This is a big one Mm. because I think one of the, you know, when we're so busy with just raising Mm. families and running around, there is a tendency for women at midlife to lose those connections. They don't, you know, the, the phrase BFF is resonates in your 20s, but I don't think there are as many women that, make daily phone calls to their best friend forever in their 40s and 50s or have that tribe of women around them. I mean, fantastic. If Mm. you do, Mm. just cherish them because Mm. I know that the evidence is there that you're in the minority. Absolutely. And, and again, that reaches into the next one, which is I, I want women to push themselves to try different things because you're never too old to connect with people or meet new people. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to be running a marathon. You could join a run club or for some people they join choirs and they meet new people or they're joining book clubs. Yep. So all of those activities are much better than trying to get a good deal on ASOS, yeah? <laughs> so And also, you know, I'm an example of this. You know, I'm turning 44 this year 
And I needed to make new connections. And so I actually, you know, I thought it was really scary at the time, actually. I was looking around for something I could do and then I found a passion and that was sailing. And, you know, while it's great for my mood, yes, exercise, I'm learning new skills, um, the most important part about it was the people that I met. Yeah. And they've brought so much meaning and happiness into my life. So I really encourage people to get out there and connect with people and try new things because you're never too old to do those things. We'll be right back after this. Okay, we're back. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Look, I just want everyone to know that happiness is not about our achievements. It's not about materialism, status and wealth and perfection. Happiness is all about staying true to who we are and leading by our values. And that comes down to liking ourselves. Sure does. But the only way to like ourselves is to appreciate that we're human. So it's through our humanness and leading by our values. Great advice. Emanuela, thank you so much. That was really gave me a lot of food for thought. (laughs) That's all we have time for today. Listeners, thanks for joining us. Meanwhile, for more practical advice to help you live your best life at midlife, pick up a copy of Prevention Magazine. I'm Andrea Deval, and I'll see you next time.